The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And here we are, folks. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. It is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week. And don't be alarmed. Yes, again, it is the Mexican not afraid to be American and not afraid to admit it. That is me, (laughs) your humble, wonderful, wonderful host. (laughs) Uh, Look, folks, you are tuned in to America's Web Radio. This is the On Point with Victor show, and I am Victor Armendariz. So it's Thanksgiving week. Look, folks, I I won't... uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of uh, going over the meeting at Thanksgiving and everything. There's just a, there's just a whole lot of, of, of things to get to that I want to get to. But I will say this. Um, I, when you're sitting, you know, maybe, maybe use this time this week, sometime this week, maybe Thursday itself on Thanksgiving when you've we got everybody gathered at the table and you're all about to do your meal or 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 maybe you're just looking for some chit chat or maybe you're looking for something to talk about. Uh, if you want to stay away from politics, maybe <laughs> if you want, but or maybe it's a good educational time for your children. Maybe it's a good time for you to ask your children, what have you learned about Thanksgiving? What have you been taught? What do you know or what do you think you know? Uh, you can ask family members this, adults uh, as well. Because I promise you, we have all not been taught <laughs> for the past 50 years the, the true meaning of Thanksgiving. The true, or not just the true meaning, but, but what really happened. Why we celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, and so, you know, maybe take a little time to, to talk about this and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you, a quick uh, a way to do it, uh, but again, I won't go over the entire story. You know, I did that last year on my show, and and uh, my goodness, um, Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace. Um, he did, you know, and that's where I got my story. I mean, really, the idea to tell the story was because Rush Limbaugh used to do it every year, and uh, man, I, I tell you, you know, I thought that I had learned a lot in school until I listened to to some of the, the research and, and then the stories, the way that uh, Russ Limbaugh put it. So, boy, I really miss that guy, and uh, and I'm not afraid to say here, you know, a lot of radio hosts won't mention other radio hosts. They won't mention them by name uh, because they are, they're, they're afraid that I guess they're just not confident. Look, I... I am very confident in my skills, even though I, I do consider myself a newbie uh, in this industry. Um, but uh, and I but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say where my inspirations came from, and the whole reason that I'm sitting in this chair right now is because of the admiration I had for Rush Limbaugh for for so many years, and Neil Bortz as well. Um, those of you who are in the South or from the South or in that area, uh, and some other parts of the country too, because Neil Bortz was syndicated, but. Uh, what a fantastic host he was, and uh, and Herman Cain. Yeah, I miss Herman Cain, and I, I actually knew Herman Cain personally. And uh, you know, not we weren't besties or anything, but uh, but I knew him, and he was a, a amazing, amazing guy. So, uh, 
but but so when you get together, you know, Thanksgiving, it is Thanksgiving week, and 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 look, if you're wondering, uh, if you were asking yourself, boy, I wonder if Victor's going to be live today. Well, yes, uh, we are live today because we are not yet big enough to take the week off. Uh, my show is not yet large enough. My name is not yet big enough uh, for me to take holiday weeks off. So, listen. If you want to help on point with Victor, you keep spreading the word and you keep getting your friends and family and anyone else who will listen to you, you get them to listen to me. And this show will continue to grow. And at the rate it's growing now, then maybe in a year or so, I won't be here for holiday weeks. So do me a favor and keep, keep spreading the word and help the on point with Victor show grow. So I don't have to work on holiday weeks. <laughs> Look, cause I, I, I joke, I kid. Um, no matter how big I get, I will probably continue i'll you know i love doing this and uh you will rarely find me take days off so but anyway um i you know appreciate it to the you know one of the things let me just put it this way since it's thanksgiving and one of the things i am very thankful for other than my health and my family and my friends and 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 things like that i'm very thankful for all the listeners out there for you guys i have listeners for this show that are across the country and even internationally and it's it's absolutely amazing and i'm humbled by it every day so uh thank you from the bottom of my heart so all right so as you, as we get together for thanksgiving as you're getting together with your family and your kids or or you just want to you know you want to make an assignment or something for your kids and that probably sounds bad but maybe not an assignment or a homework so so to speak but maybe have just something for your kids to do other than sitting in front of the TV or the video games you know talk to them about Thanksgiving and see see what they know and so let me I'll just give you a brief synopsis on what you can talk about um, the first thing is William Bradford William Bradford ask them what they know about William Bradford um, do a duck duck go search on William Bradford. Find William Bradford's journals and make your kids read the journals of William Bradford. They will get the best education and the best uh, explanation of Thanksgiving of that whole period. They will under- get a better understanding of it if you just have them read the journals of William Bradford. And if you've never read them, read them. Uh, but have you know this is this is one of the biggest things you can do. So as as you're sitting together or or you're looking for ways to bring up the Thanksgiving or the meaning or the or the understanding of Thanksgiving if if you find out that your kids aren't being taught because I guarantee you if they're going to a government school they are not being taught the truth of Thanksgiving and maybe even some of your your adult family members don't know the true story of Thanksgiving so so start a conversation about William Bradford have them look up have have your family members look up and research William Bradford. Have them read his journals. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing story, folks. But but looks, um, it's just fascinating. It is fascinating. And, and among the stories, the biggest lesson that that is not taught in schools today, and they haven't been. Let's face it. The biggest message of Thanksgiving hasn't been taught in schools, in government schools, especially for probably 20, 30, 40 years, if ever. But one of the biggest lessons from Thanksgiving that we learned from William Bradford, that we learned from his journals, uh, one of the biggest things we learned is that the pilgrims tried a lot of things, and one of the things they tried was socialism. 
and they didn't it didn't take them long to see how miserably socialism made them and what a failure socialism was um and what a failure socialism is you know it was the pilgrims that 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 learned this <laughs> way back then uh, this is what's not taught in schools uh, so it's a fascinating story folks fascinating fascinating so you really, really need to delve into it a little bit, uh, especially with your kids. So, so like I said, read the journals of William Bradford. Um, it's amazing. But one of the first things you're going to find is the pilgrims, this journey, this journey of about 120 or so passengers on the Mayflower. Uh, it began in, in Holland, not England. It began in Holland. Um, these people first fled England to Holland. And then from Holland on August 1st, in the year 1620, the Mayflower set sail. And like I said, there was about 120 so passengers, among them 40 pilgrims, um, led by William Bradford. And along the way, William set up a, a – and this is what's fascinating, folks. This is what you won't be taught, and I'm sure your kids aren't being taught. But along the way, on this journey – William Bradford set up a contract that established just and equal laws for everyone on that ship. It established, it was a contract to establish equal laws and just for everyone. So he set this up along the way. This was the contract that, that William Bradford set up along the way. And they had time to do it because the journey was a very long journey. I mean, you get in a Mayflower wooden ship <laughs> and you sail from Holland to the New World, which is which was New England for them. It, it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and it was a long and arduous journey. I mean, try and picture yourself sitting in the in the bottoms of a ship that that was, you know, we're not talking some luxury cruise liner, folks. This is the year 1620. These people built the boat with their bare hands, with with wood and scraps, and then this ship set sail. So it was a long and arduous. They didn't have the amenities and everything either in this boat. So you had seasickness and and other sicknesses spreading throughout this journey. Uh, so it was no luxury uh, type of uh, cruise. Um, but uh, but but during all of that and the tumultuousness of the ocean, William Bradford set up a contract that established just and equal laws for everyone. Um, what was the, what was the reason they were going? Well, folks, they were seeking freedom. They were seeking freedom. They were seeking freedom for themselves. They were seeking the freedom to practice the religion of their choice. You know, they weren't all pilgrims on that ship, but they were all seeking freedom. So don't let that message escape you, especially your kids. Um, so they're going to the New World. They were seeking freedom. And you know what? When they got to the New World, when they got to New England, there were no friends to greet them. There were no hotels to welcome them. There was no housing of any kind. They found themselves on a very desolate and barren land. That was the New World. That is what is now New England. Uh, and they got there just in time to experience a pretty harsh winter. So because the winter was so harsh and because they, they there were no hotels or, or, or um, inns or any kind of housing to greet them, they had to live on the Mayflower. So you got the Mayflower that they either beached or docked right there on the beaches of New England, and they had to live on this ship. Many of them did. 
until they could build housing. So they had to endure this very harsh winter living on the boat, living on the ship. Um, you know, half of them died. Half of them were, died from disease, from f- starvation, from freezing. Um, it was not easy. But eventually they were able to get out and start building their housing. They were able to build uh, cabins and, 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 and what have you. Um, and spring rolled in. You know, this first spring that rolled in was was quite welcomed <laughs> uh, because they were able to get out, spend time outside, and start building. And then in that first spring, the Indians indeed, indeed, the Indians they met taught the settlers how to plant corn, how to fish, how to skin beavers. So yes, the Indians indeed helped quite a bit. And then life began to get better. But here and here is where what you're not being taught in schools, what your kids are not being taught in schools, even though they met the Indians and they were taught how to plant corn, how to fish and how to skin beavers. And a little bit of life began to get better, even though that happened. They were not yet prospering. They they were not really making advances. And you, and the reason is, is because while they were setting up and, and building their houses and they're perfecting how to grow corn and how to fish and how to skin the beavers for coats, thanks to the Indians teaching them that, while they were learning all that and, and doing this, this work and building, they instituted what is known today as socialism. Back then, it was, a, it was known as a commune. No one owned anything. No one owned pl- land. William Bradford and the, and the pilgrims and the, and the first settlers, they, they divided up the land. They divided up the food. They divided everything. No one owned anything. It was all in a commune, and then they handed out equal amounts to the people. And it did not take long for William Bradford to realize this is a disaster. We're not going to prosper this way. We're actually going to all die. Because it didn't take long when you institute socialism as they did or this commune. It didn't take long for the people there to go, well, I don't have to work hard because that guy is going to give me some. Or we don't have to work hard because that guy over there is going to make sure that no one owns anything and I'm going to get an equal share. Well, eventually there was no equal share to be had. The, the, the abundance wasn't there. There wasn't enough being produced because nobody wanted to do the work. They just all wanted to reap the rewards. That is socialism, and it failed miserably. And that is the experience that the pilgrims first had. And that is the lesson that is not taught because it didn't take long for William Bradford to change things. And then they really kind of instituted private property. They instituted private ranches or lands. Everybody got land, and they owned it. And then they went down the world of capitalism, and the rest is history. Folks, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the On Point with Victor Show. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. 
Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. So that that is a brief synopsis of the Thanksgiving story, and, and most of which is not being taught in school. So, so folks... Do yourself a favor, and I, again, do a duck, duck, go search. Research William Bradford. Read his journals, or at least part of them. Read the story that is Thanksgiving because it is nothing short of amazing, and it is a fabulous story. And what a wonderful story it is to tell uh, on Thanksgiving while you're around the table. Uh, it's just amazing. Because what your kids are being taught and what most Americans are being taught and, and anyone else is just not true. It's just not true what they're being taught. And, and the biggest message that should be taught is the failure of commune, the failure of socialism, uh, because it was a drastic failure. And had the pilgrims not changed, had, had William Bradford not had the foresight to go, okay, this isn't working. We, we will divvy up private, divvy up private property. We will have ownership and you will reap the rewards of, of your sweat equity. Had he not started that, who knows if we would have even survived and made it to where we are today? I mean, um, it really is amazing, folks. It really is amazing. So, but um, but just you know, and the other thing before I move on from Thanksgiving is definitely, definitely spend the time to be thankful, folks, for what you have. You are living in the greatest country in the world. For those of you who are listening to my show in the United States, <laughs> uh, you are living in the greatest country in the world, and I'm not afraid to say it. And um, be thankful for that. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful for your friends. Um be thankful, folks. There's a lot to be thankful for. I know. I know that we are living in times, and, and I'm going to get to some news of the day, of things that, that my goodness, a few years ago, we, we would not have believed would be happening in this country today. So there's a lot of mess, and there's a lot of problems, but there's still a lot to be thankful for. And you're still in the greatest country in the world. And one reason that you're in the greatest country in the world, and I can sit here and confidently say it, is because we have the means to fix all the mess that is being caused by Biden and his merry band of Democrats. All the mess that they're doing right now, we have the means to fix it, correct it, and put us on the right path, and then to flourish once again. We can do it, folks. We can do it because we are in the greatest land on the planet, and that is the country that is the United States. And be proud, folks. Be proud. And if you are one of those who are listening to me right now and you're not proud to be in the United States, then leave. Leave. There's nothing wrong with that. And 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 you can call me a brown racist or whatever you want to call me for saying it. And, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. But if you're not happy where you are, leave. Go find somewhere else because you should be happy. As human beings, 
We have a limited time in this wonderful world. If you're not happy here, then go find a place where you think you will be happy. And you know what's great about America? You know what's great about Americans? Most of us will welcome you back when you realize that you had it great the first time. When you realize that the United States is great, we'll welcome you back. But for those of you who are sitting out there who are, who are screaming to the top of their lung, your lungs right now at your speaker, <laughs> and you're saying that the United States isn't great and you just don't feel that way, then leave. Go find another. There are so many countries that you could go to, and it'll be a great life experience. Um, I, you know, I really, really laugh at people who, who try and tell me the United States is not great, and then I ask them where have they traveled, and they, uh, and they tell me, oh well, I've never left the United States. Well, I'm just going to laugh at you harder, because folks, you need to travel. You need to see the world. I, 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 I love traveling. And I, I love visiting Europe. I, not right now, <laughs> but I love visiting Europe. I've visited several times. And I love um, visiting South America and, and Central America, you know, any, anywhere over the world. In fact, you really grow a greater appreciation for the United States once you've journeyed out and visited or lived in other parts of the world. So if you are one of those... Who, who proudly walks around saying that the United States is no good or, or is not the best, then leave. Go experience another country. Go experience another culture. <clears throat> and when you come back, most of us will welcome you back. <laughs> but you have to, once you come back, you've got to admit that the United States was the best place. And now you know it. <laughs> so, um, look, folks, I am not saying there are plenty of people in the world that think their country is the greatest, and they should. They should think that. But there's only one country in the world where people are killing themselves, dying on a daily basis, um, or putting themselves through arduous journeys to get to, and that is the United States. People aren't trekking thousands and thousands and thousands of miles to get into France or Germany or Spain. They're not traveling through Central America to get to Mexico and stay. The only reason they're in Mexico is because they're walking through it to try to get to the United States of America. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, folks. So, so anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll move on now to some, some issues of the day. Look, um, all right, one more thing. One more thing about Thanksgiving. One more thing. Please get out and 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 leave your <laughs> leave your obedience masks behind. We don't need those masks right now. Go enjoy looking at your family. Enjoy exchanging facial expressions with your family and your kids. Uh, get out of the mask, people. Get out of the mask. You don't need them, uh, especially if you're vaccinated. And folks, look. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Uh, Remember, those vaccinations were not created under the Biden regime. Donald Trump moved heaven and earth to get those vaccines created. We have the best research facilities, the best doctors, the best scientists. I think, my humble opinion, I think all of those things reside here in the United States. So when, when, when we, the people, come up with a vaccine like we did, um, and, and you happen to be elderly and you happen to be obese or any of these things that, that really, really uh, make you susceptible to, to, to COVID-19, 
then make your own choice, of course, and talk to your doctor. But but maybe you should get the vaccine. Maybe if that'll make you feel better, get it. If that'll make you get drop your obedience mask, then go get the vaccine. But it should be your choice and only your choice. <laughs> In this country, there should be nothing, no such thing as a government mandate forced on its people. Not in this country, folks. But uh, but anyway, I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I just wanted to say enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy swapping uh, facial expressions <laughs> because you probably didn't do it last year and you need to get back to normal. For your own psyche, you need to get back to normal. And, and we can do that right now, folks. Look, I, look I'm just going to throw this out there, too. And this is going to send the media, uh, media matters. This will get their panties into a wad. Uh, but, folks, take a look. Go do some research. Again, open up your DuckDuckGo browser, your search bar, DuckDuckGo, and, and, and put in there which state in the United States has the highest COVID cases right now. And then put in which state in the United States has the highest vaccine rate. You know what you're going to find? The state with the highest vaccination rate is the state that has the highest COVID breakout right now. So, and I'm not saying that because they're having major problems because they're not. I mean, the vaccine is, is not, is, is stopping severe cases of COVID and we have therapeutics and we, we know what works and we know how to protect ourselves now against it. So, there, there are lots of good things happening. Let me put it that way. But, but I just have to throw it out there, folks. I mean, if you're sitting in in Georgia or Tennessee or Florida or Alabama or Texas, and you're complaining because not nobody's wearing a mask, or even Louisiana, Louisiana, or or uh, gosh, where was I? Even in Ocean City, Maryland, where I was just a couple of weeks ago, no one's wearing a mask. If you're one of those that have still got your family in a mask. Well, you need to look around and, and wonder why is nobody else wearing one? Because we're at a point now, folks, where we don't need it. Okay? It's just as simple as that. So go enjoy life. You've got a limited time on this planet, folks, and you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So go enjoy life and give thanks where you should be giving thanks. <laughs> so, and you know, you know, you know who you should be giving thanks to. Um, the on point with Vic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, folks, get out there and enjoy it. So, all right, let me get to some news of the day. Um, my goodness, folks, the Biden voters are out creating mayhem all over the place. I mean, you find a city run by Democrats in a blue state. Well, it doesn't have to be a blue state, just a city that's uh, run by Democrats. Uh, and you're going to find Biden voters that are creating mayhem. And my goodness, let me just go ahead and pause and wave to the Media Matters people because that probably just sent them to their cry closets. And as soon as they can come out of their cry closet, that's going to get their panties in a wad. And then they're going to start a attacking me and the on point with Victor show but uh, but it's true it's true who do you think these people are voting for these people that are out there looting and and uh, breaking laws and and shoplifting who do you think they vote for you think they voted for for president trump <laughs> sucks. There ain't no way uh, so they're biden voters they're democrat voters uh, and um, you can get mad at me all you want but 95 or 98 or whatever percent of these fools, idiots, who are out there uh, looting and burning and just, and to being destructive to private property and attacking people and uh, shoplifting and just cry, creating crime after crime or committing crime after crime, 
these people aren't voting Republican or independent. Uh, they're voting uh, Democrats. <laughs> so when I refer to these looters and, and rioters and lawlessness and these people who are committing crimes, when I refer to them as, as uh, Biden voters, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm just right. So I can give you examples, folks. I mean, my goodness, but... Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 just sad what's going on out there, folks in Atlanta, Georgia, and and look, Georgia is a, is a for all intents and purposes, Georgia is a a conservative red state, but the city of Atlanta is run by a bunch of goofball Democrats, and it's been run that way for forty years plus. And just the other day, a a child, a child, witnessed their father getting shot and killed. That happened just the other day in Atlanta, folks. It's it's terrible what's going on. All right, folks, we will be right back. Don't you go anywhere. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, folks. Uh, you know, I want to take a second here and, uh, you know, legendary Dave, the owner of America's Web Radio, is making his way to North Carolina to spend some time with family over Thanksgiving. And I want to wish him a very safe journey and hope he uh, enjoys this great weather we're having. It's on the cold side, but at least he should have a good weather drive. So hope he uh, hope uh, everything, uh, you know, is safe for his drive and he makes it there and spends some good time with his family. Um, now, I got... Uh, I, I got an awesome question. This is good. You know, I wasn't going to say much about the Kyle Rittenhouse case because, you know, it, 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 I don't even – man, just let me pause here. Look, <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse should have never been charged and should have never – there should have been no, never been a trial if the the attorney general in Wisconsin and the uh, the law enforcement people in Wisconsin, had they done their – due diligence had they done their investigation they would have never brought charges on kyle rittenhouse but they didn't they rushed to judgment because of political pressure that's the only reason why kyle rittenhouse ended up in uh, uh being uh, charged and then ended up on trial but as you all know he was he was acquitted the jury of his peers uh and as a reason i said that and i'll get to it in a second but uh he was proved innocent on all counts and 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 it was the rightful uh decision 
uh, this was a absolute textbook case in self-defense. And race had nothing to do with it. And Kyle Rittenhouse is not a 17-year-old white supremacist. Um, it is an insult to everyone's intelligence around this country for the media and the Democrats to continue to perpetuate the lies that they told to begin with about Kyle. Um, so I hope, I really hope Kyle um, sues the snot out of every one of these media morons who continues to slander and trash his name. Um, I hope he does. You know, I, I, I don't like the fact that we are we live in such a litigious society. But when you are done wrong, as Kyle has been, and then and you're wrongfully accused, and then you go through trial, and they set your bail. Folks, Kyle Rittenhouse's bail was, I want to say, mil- over a million dollars or something like that. Do you want to know what the bail was for the douchebag who mowed down kids and, and adults in a Christmas parade the other day? That douchebag got out on a $1,000 bail just a week before he decided to kill children and, and men and women um, the other day when he barreled through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin. Oddly enough, in Wisconsin. What the heck is going on in Wisconsin? Um, but just put this in perspective. Kyle Rittenhouse was arrested and charged, wrongfully so, and the bail was set at north of a million dollars. And then you had this dirt bag in Wisconsin who took his vehicle and aimed it at a parade, a Christmas parade, and mowed down children and men and women. And this guy, a week before, was let out on a $1,000 bail. And this guy has a 50-page rap sheet of some very harsh crimes that he has committed. So you've got a known criminal, a known criminal, not just some shoplifting charge. No, this guy has awful rap sheet. But he gets out last week on a $1,000 bail, and then he gets in his car a few days later, and he goes and mows down kids in a Christmas parade. I mean, folks, this is just awful stuff, and you've got to ask yourself, what is the attorney general or what are the judge, the judge, what are they thinking when they allow a dirtbag like this, a career criminal with a 50-page rap sheet, when they allow him to get out so easily and they put him back in society? And then he goes and kills kids and others. And now what are they saying? What are they, where, do they even have remorse for what they've done? There's no reason this dirt bag should have been on the streets, let alone behind the wheel of a car. And given the opportunity to go drive through a parade and kill kids. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, folks. It's ridiculous, but, but, that just goes to show you how messed up politicians are making things right now because all of this all of this is good that's going on is being perpetuated by politicians and that you need to understand and i think the people of wisconsin are really getting a taste of what electing 
bad Democrat politicians can do in a short amount of time. And I'll bet you, boy, next year is going to bring a lot of different people into into uh, into politics in Wisconsin because I bet the people are are about ready to throw their current crop of politicians out on their head as well they should. Uh, so so the Kyle Rittenhouse so. He was proven innocent, which he should be if you watched if you have an ounce of intelligence in your in your brain and you watch this any of this case, it was clear that the prosecution had no case and that Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself and rightfully so. Uh, and the reason I started off by saying he was acquitted by a jury of his peers and and it's because a lot of you out there probably do not understand what a jury of your peers means. It does not mean that the jury had a bunch of 17-year-old white kids adjudicating Kyle's fate. That is not what a jury of your peers means. So uh, thanks for a couple of listeners for asking about and asking me to explain jury of, of, of your peers because um, I, I didn't think about it. But I think there's a lot of people out there who do not understand what a jury of your peers means. Because once again, a jury of your peers does not mean that they're going to get a bunch of people that look like you and act like you and are your age. That doesn't mean that's going to be the jury set to hear your case. If you're charged and you're, and you are at a jury trial and the lawyers pick jurors, this is a jur- jurors of your peers. Let me tell you what that means. So jury of your peers dates back to the signing of the Magna Carta in England. At that point, the provision ensured that members of the nobility, you know, the elitist, <laughs> uh, but members of the nobility were tried by a jury comprised of fellow nobles rather than being judged by the king. So the jury of your peers, this goes all the way back to the England, to our little old ancestors back there, back there. Um, this is, goes all the way back to England. And, and at that point in England, in this provision, jury of your peers, was ensured, it ensured that members of the nobility were tried by a jury comprised of fellow nobles so that they would not be judged by a sole king. Now, Today, today in the United States, this phrase, jury of your peers, simply means a jury of fellow citizens. So while you're afforded the right by the Constitution to face your accuser and to have a jury by trial, uh, to have a trial, and then if that trial goes to jury, I should say, then you're entitled to a jury of your peers, which means that jury will be made up of your fellow citizens. And the the Kyle Rittenhouse jury, folks, you're not going to hear this on CNN. You're not going to hear this on MSNBC. You're not going to hear this on PBS or NPR. But that jury that adjudicated and acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse was made up of black people, brown people, maybe some yellow people, and some white people. There were men and there were women. And they were all in that jury. And those are the people that listened to every aspect of that case and analyzed the evidence and came back with an acquittal. And rightfully so, because it was a simple self-defense case. So that is, in a nutshell, 
Uh, who knew? Who knew that today's On Point with Victor was going to be so educational? <laughs> I didn't plan out this show this way, folks. I really didn't. But uh, but thanks for the for the awesome interaction of, of, of you listeners out there. Sometimes you guys, without knowing it, will steer the direction of this show, and I'm only happy to oblige. But that is a synopsis and a quick, really easy definition of jury of your peers. So if you are out there and you hear MSNBC and CNN and NPR and all these other goofballs in the mainstream media or lamestream media, I should say, when you hear them, when you hear them talk about the jury of your peers and they say it's white supremacists and all that and that's why Kyle got off, you can look at them confidently and go, no, no. That is not what a jury of your peers means. A jury of your peers simply means that it will be a jury of your fellow citizens. And Kyle Rittenhouse's jury were black people, white people, and brown people, and probably some yellow people. So uh, you can push back on these, these, these false arguments that's out there, these false narratives that are being told by the lamestream media and by some elected Democrats. How awful is that? You've got elected Democrats out there knowingly lying about Kyle Rittenhouse and about this case. Um, and you've got a whole lot of lamestream media led by MSNBC, um, which should be called MSNB Deceived or MSNB We Will Deceive You. Um, those bozos are leading the charge. I don't know how Comcast, because Comcast owns MSNBC, I don't know how these people who own and run Comcast can sit by and allow MSNBC to put out on a day-to-day basis lies after lies after lies and misinformation after misinformation. You know, I, I, I'm old enough to remember that just a few months ago, the Democrats had their panties all in a wad accusing the the uh, Facebook and, and, and right wing to be putting out misinformation. When I told you back then that the, the purveyors of misinformation is the Democrat Party and the lamestream media, and here you have a prime example of it. If you look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case, from day one, the lamestream media has been putting out nothing but misinformation and lies. And uh, they're still doing it to this day, which is why I hope Kyle Rittenhouse goes and gets the same lawyer that that uh, I can't remember his name, but the kid in and the, with the hat and in front of the Indian, the indigenous guy. Um, I hope he goes and gets his lawyer because they need to sue all of these uh, media outlets that are continuing to smear Kyle's name. Uh, it's it's just sad. It really is sad. And folks, you got to ask yourself, why would the media and the Democrats? Why would they continue to lie and give you misinformation? Why are they continue to to try and stoke Americans to to pit them against other Americans? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the media and the Democrats love mob rules. They want mob rules for you, but not for them. Make no mistake, the elitist politician and the media separate themselves from you, the peasant. So while they want mob rules for you and me and all of us commoners, it will never reach the elitist in Washington and it will never reach their media, so the media thinks. But with mob rules, what do you get? Imagine, folks, if the mob ruled on Kyle's case, they would have Kyle hanging from some pole or they would be putting him in front of a firing line or they would dig a a, a, a cell to put under the cell they would have 
I mean, I, it's it's scary to think what they would have done to Kyle if the mob had their way. But thank God in this country, we still have a thing called justice. We still have uh, uh, innocent until proven guilty. And thank God we still have the United States Constitution because that is what saved Kyle Rittenhouse. Not white supremacy, not right wing or, or, or 17-year-old kids sitting in a jury. <laughs> no, it was the rule of law. That got it right. That that which is why Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted. That's as simple as that. As simple as that. But you really do need to continually ask yourself, why would the media continue to lie? Why did they lie in the first place? Why do Democrats lie in the first place? Why are they so willing to pit a fellow American against a fellow American? And folks, I've told you this before. The more we fight among each other, the more we don't pay attention to what the elitists in the Washington bubble are doing. And when we don't pay attention to what Washington is doing, you get a whole lot of what you're facing today. You're facing obscene gas prices. You're facing obscene food costs. Folks, take a a notice, and I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, but but have you noticed how much you're paying as you prepare for your Thanksgiving meal? Have you noticed how much your trip to the grocery store costs now? Have you seen the crime that's breaking out all over the place, especially in blue-run Democrat cities? Uh, Democrat-run blue cities, I should say. Um, none of this is by mistake. It is all by design. All of this is being caused by politicians and most of them of the Democrat ilk. And they're all being afforded cover by the lamestream complicit media. And I I am not making any of this up, folks. You can do some research on your own because it's all in front of you. You've got a, a Democrat party right now and you've got a lamestream media right now that is begging you to just not believe what you're seeing. It's, it's what you're seeing with your lying eyes. That's what they want you to believe, folks. So on that, we're going to take another profit timeout, folks. We will be right back. Don't you go anywhere. This is The On Point with Victor Show. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Folks, let me tell you something. 
Mob rule is a really, really horrible road to go down. Um, if, if, and you know, that's what pure democracy is. That's why so many people have a hard time when, uh, politicians and the media continue to refer to the United States as a democracy. Um, we're a rule of law. We are a form of democracy. And, and, you know, if you go way, way back in history, you know, go way back to the Roman times and, and, and you can see where there was two definition or is two definitions of democracy. Um, but, it's quite understandable that most of us just don't know that or didn't learn that. Um, and the media and the politicians, they love to dumb down everything um, because they want a dumbed-down voter because a dumbed-down voter is going to vote for who they think will take care of them. And when you think the government or you allow the government to take care of you, well, you get a lot of what you're seeing today. And... Uh, and I, I'm not making it up, folks. You can see it for yourself. Uh, but um, but a pure democracy in the in the, in the definition of of pure democracy, it, it is mob rules. That's what it is. And what the Democrats seem to want right now, and what the lamestream media wants, is they want mob rules amongst the people, but not them. You got to understand, none of this will ever ever affect the elitist class that is Washington. Um, and the media, these lamestream media, they, for some reason, they think they'll be part of this exclusive club in Washington. I mean, that's kind of what they are now. Uh, but I, I'd venture to tell you, if we ever go down the horrible road of socialism or, or, I mean, completely down the road of socialism or we go communism, communist or, uh, you know, we lose freedom, we lose liberty, if we ever lose it entirely, the lamestream media is going to be in for an awful wake up call. Because the the elitist party that is Washington, that club that is Washington that allows the media types to interact with them, that door is going to shut pretty fast if the if the elitist Washington club ever got what they kind of seems that they want, which is a complete mob rules and complete disarray among the people. And once you've got freedom gone and once liberty's gone and once the Constitution is gone, well, then these elitists up in Washington, you, you just, you, uh, you shouldn't doubt me when I tell you that the limits are, there is no limit they would put on themselves for what they could do and forced you to do. And they aren't going to allow everybody in the media to be part of that club. Uh, it's just not going to work out that way. So, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so folks, since I was talking about Biden voters creating more mayhem across the country this past weekend. Did you see the organized looting that went down in San Francisco? I mean, if, if you haven't seen this, because maybe it's not being reported by CNN or MSNBC or, or NPR, uh, go do a little research. Uh, go do a little search on the uh, organized looting in San Francisco that took place this past weekend. Um, folks, I, I mean, we're, we're going backwards at the behest of the Democrat Party, uh, or I should say at the will of the Democrat Party. Um, there was, I mean, and, and, and there's no other way to explain it other than organized looting or, or organized theft. Maybe I should put it that way, you know. Um, but you had people in, I, I, I don't know, there were maybe 40 or up to 80 vehicles 
that blocked roads that all strategically placed themselves around the stores that were being looted. And then you had a group that would smash windows. And then you had a group that went in behind them and ran through the smash windows. And they ran into these stores. And these weren't just, we're not talking Target or Walmart this time. No, this time they went for broke. This time they went to the highest, highest dollar stores. Uh, they're in Louis Vuitton. They were in uh, some of these these Bur- Burberry. Uh, they they were in these these high, high, high class, for lack of a better term, stores. Um, and they went in and they just stole whatever they could get their hands on. And then they came running out of the stores. All these strategic cars play, parked. They jumped in these cars and off these cars went. And I, the last I saw, I think 98% or so of these people got away. And this is straight-up theft. And pay attention. Now, everything you've heard me talk about so far on today's show, pay attention when you do your research about this, this organized looting. Because the only reporting that, that MSNBC and CNN and uh, NPR and ABC and NBC, the only reporting they're doing is they're starting to run cover for these looters. You've even got elected Democrat politicians that are running cover for these people who blatantly broke the law. Uh, they destroyed private property. And then they stole items that were not theirs and just jumped in cars and took off with no remorse, not even worried about getting caught. Why is this happening? And, 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 and now why do we have a media and, and Democrat officials who are running cover trying to say, oh, well, you really can't call this looting. Folks, I am not making this up. There are news organizations out there right now as I speak to you. And there are elected Democrats out there right now that are saying, ah, you can't really call this looting. Ah, you know, this was social justice. You know, no one's being hurt. Uh, you know, they're just taking stuff. And, you know, this is kind of, this is, this is, um, uh, stuff that they deserve that you don't need. That they can't get, so they just have to take it. Uh, this is reparations by stuff. Now, I am not kidding. This is what some in the media are saying, and this is what some elected Democrats are saying. And 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 what uh, this is awful, folks. Where do you think this is going to lead to? Uh, right now, uh, take note. This is happening in Democrat-run cities. Where they've decriminalized shoplifting, where they say if you just take uh, under a thousand dollars, we'll let you go free. Um, where they'll, they're, they're, they're doing uh, no cash bail, where they're letting criminals out, reoccurring criminals, they're, they're these, these criminals who just do nothing but crime. They know nothing but how to commit crime. They're, the Democrats are letting them out in all of these blue cities. And what are they doing? They're going and committing more crimes. And now they're recruiting people to do these crimes. I, I mean, I, you just, it, it, you know, like I said, a few years ago, we would have never believed that we would be at this point right now in this country. I mean, uh, gosh, folks, I, 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 I'm almost at a loss of words for all the things that are going on. And you got to ask yourself, why, why, why are these things being allowed to happen? Why is the rule of law 
being allowed to be just meh, meh. We don't need to meh. Well, that's not meh. We won't go get that. I mean, that is what Democrats and attorney generals who are elected Democrats in these cities, the elected Democrat officials in the city council, to the state representatives, to the federal representatives, to the media. That's what they're basically saying. Yeah, we, we can let this one go. And all they're doing is causing this problem to grow. They're causing crime. Folks, crime is off the charts. And across the country, it's off the charts. But if you break it down into Democrat-run cities, it's it's just – it is going berserk, the crime rate. And And this has continued to be allowed to happen by Democrat elected officials. And uh, – I, I'm telling you, it's going to come to a head at some point, folks. It really is. But let me give you an example because I, I can see people already going, "Well, well, give us an example. What do you mean? What do you mean they're 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 covering for these criminals?" Let me give you an example. You go back to last year when when all the rioting was happening and the looting was happening and buildings were being burnt down, vehicles were being were being turned over and set on fire. What did the media say? Oh, these are mostly peaceful protests. That's what the media, and to this day, they still refer to it as mostly peaceful. There was nothing peaceful about it. When you're burning private property, when you're burning vehicles that aren't yours, when you're burning and destroying businesses and, and you're stealing from these businesses, that is not a peaceful protest. That is a riot and that is looting. But what did the media say? What did the media, to, to this day, they're still saying this. Well, those comp- those businesses had insurance. They can rebuild. These people need these things. They need to let their aggression out. And they need to be allowed to exhibit their frustration. And they need to be allowed to steal things they need. It was uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex from New York who said... They're, they're going to get bread. They're looking for... Well, let, actually, let, let me do my appropriate Alexander Cortez. Uh, like, like um, these people um, like need milk. Um, these people like need bread. So they're like um, breaking into stores because they need like bread. Yeah, please. Uh, does Louis Vuitton carry bread? Does Louis Vuitton carry gallons of milk? Does Burberry have a line of milk and a line of uh, loaves of bread that I didn't know about? I mean, folks, this is ridiculous. But this is what you're getting from the Democrat Party. This is what you're getting from the lamestream media. They're out there, and this is what they did all last year. Oh, these businesses have insurance. They're going to be able to recoup all their losses and rebuild. Well, you know what happened, folks, that you probably haven't heard about? So last year, before the election happened, I believe it was the New York Times, and I'm not 100% sure, but it was one of those papers. They had a story that showed that most of the businesses, the small businesses around Kenosha and every and other places where the riots were happening, that they did not have insurance. They didn't they either didn't have insurance or they didn't have adequate insurance. That story. Well, you know what? Let's go to break, and I'm going to tell you what happened to that story. And, and I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what happened to that. Oh my gosh, we're out of time, folks. Let me tell you real quick what happened. That story was buried. It was buried, so you wouldn't know it. That's what happened to that story. So we're out of time, folks. We're out of here. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Please enjoy it. Please enjoy your time with your family and friends, and uh, enjoy Locked and Loaded because that's coming up next with Roger B. 
I'm out. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.